he was looking down at his body and down at the operating table and all the doctors and surgeons and he was just watching what was going on and he just felt a lot of warmth and a lot of peace. Okay, before I get started, I do need to warn you that the boyfriend is in the lounge, he's working, and he is singing. So you might hear him in the background, and like, I'm not going to cage the bird. He can sing, you know, I'm not going to tell him to stop singing. But I am a bit confused, because usually I think he has a good voice, and I don't know what on earth he is listening to, but it does not sound like music. Like, he sounds like a reversing trunk. Like, like it is not music, it's not profitable music. Anyway, this... This is going to be the biggest juxtaposition of emotion in an episode that I've had yet because what you're about to get in this episode is actually kind of sad and in a few ways. So firstly, I need to say that I just stumbled upon this recording this week. It's a recording that I made back in February this year. So February 2022. And A reason that I find it quite sad is, well, one of the reasons anyway, is because I can hear my speech and I can hear the exhaustion level in my voice and I can hear myself going round and round in circles with my thought processes and thinking I'm making a different point and then realizing I'm just making the same point that I've made over the last few minutes or something like that and that's the concussion coming through you know so it's quite strange to listen back to that now and just see that it feels like a different person and I was quite confused when I was listening to it because I was just like oh I've I've got no energy here like where's my personality and then I was just like oh you had no energy you had no personality so I'm not a robot, I promise. It just um yeah, it just doesn't have the same amount of life as it would have if I talked about this right now, you know. I end up talking about a dream that I had about my granddad and you know how important he is to me and so naturally I do get a little bit sad in the episode too, you know. Oh, I forgot to, I forgot to introduce the podcast. Hi, I'm Lydia and you're listening to Psychic-ish, where I talk about the psychic-ish. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I do have to apologize. I hate saying psychic-ish twice in the same sentence. So I'll start from the top, yeah? I, <laughs> I'm really laughy. I'm laughable. I don't know why. <laughs> It's not the vibe for the rest of the episode. You're going to get quite a shock. Uh, I'm Lydia. You're listening to Psychic-ish. And it's the place where I talk about all the psychic things that happen to me. And I overthink them and try and figure out if there it is all in my head or not. Yeah. So thank you for being here. Glad to have you. So those low energy levels and 
the repetition of ideas that I was talking about. Uh, just it's just a few things to have in mind. Yeah, I I'm very nervous about releasing it, but like, why would I re-record an experience when I'd recorded what I remembered about what happened? the morning after it happened you know like why would I come and record again six months later when it's not authentic so you're about to hear a dulled down version of Lydia so please be nice to her yeah like I have trouble being nice to her so it'd help if you're nice to her and uh I'll, I'll see you at the other other side of the yippie yeah Okay, so the date is the 26th of February, 2022, and I went out last night, which is a bit of a first for me. It's been two years because of lockdown and the concussion, and I was back home in bed before midnight, but hey, small steps for this little introvert over here. (laughs) It was fun. Anyway, what was even better was... The dream I had last night, and oh, <laughs> I dreamt that I don't know what I was doing. I think I was trying to walk around some big old house or whatever, but my nana was there, my mum was there, my whole family was there, Dan, my boyfriend was there, and my granddad was there. He looked like he was... In his 70s or so, or maybe late 60s, like he didn't seem frail or anything, but he seemed a little bit older and like he had a, um, he had a lot of energy and charisma when, when he spoke, which is the biggest thing of all. So whenever I've dreamt of my granddad, it's always been, oh, I want to start to cry. I just love him so much and I really miss him. Um, so when, so he passed away when I think I was 16. It was in 2009. And ever since, he's come through in really, really subtle ways. Um, but whenever I've dreamt of him, He's never spoken. It's always been that I'm at some sort of family event, like all the families together, and I'm sort of looking at everyone in a group, standing and chatting, and he's just there in the towards the back, and he'll kind of be like looking at me, but not saying anything, and he always looked really afraid, like he didn't want to scare me. And when I've I've had a few sessions where I kind of invite anyone in, On his birthday last year, I tried to specifically see if he'd come through. And he, um, and he did. I'm just seeing colour. I'm seeing a little greeny turquoisey colour. I so hope that's him. Anyway, in in the dreams, it's always like I can see him, but no one else can. And I try and 
saying, look, look, everyone, granddad's here, but they're all just talking and not really paying attention or they just aren't too interested and he just looks too afraid to say anything. Uh, Or one of my more common dreams is that I'd be sitting at a cafe and I look up and he's sitting across from me and I'm just so excited to have him there. And then I look down at my menu and I look back up and he's gone. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm not meant to be crying because this is, this is a cool thing. So when I tried to invite him in that one time on his birthday, he said that he didn't know how to come through to me because he didn't want to scare me. Um, probably the most time I spent with him and my nana growing up was around the time that I had my first spiritual experience seeing my grandmother had passed away before I was born so I yeah towards the ages of eight to ten because my mum was a single mum and and she needed to work and stuff um, I'd just go and stay at my nana and granddad's for the school holidays so I I definitely they would have gone through the whole sleeping saga with me and how terrified I was to sleep and that sort of thing. So they sort of saw that firsthand like my family did. And so he's sort of said since then that he he doesn't know how to come through because he doesn't want to scare me. And I don't know if it's because I opened myself up to all this sort of stuff more or maybe I'm just growing getting stronger in general but he he spoke in our dream last night like we were having full-on conversations and I wish I could remember them the only one I can remember was that he told me he was really proud of my job and I got quite confused because I had a job that I I felt was quite prestigious and I was really really proud of before I had my concussion and then I lost my job through that because it was a really small business and they were I mean they were severely understaffed before I wasn't cleared for work anyway and after about six months they needed to replace me um when it wasn't clear when I would be back and I mean good on them I mean it's been a year and a half now and I'm still not cleared for work so I got a little confused because I was like oh I I know like I thought you'd love that job but I'm actually not there anymore I'm doing this podcast and oh maybe because he just kind of looked at me and seemed a little bit confused I wonder if that's just because podcasts actually weren't around when he passed away like they hadn't really come about yet or if they had they were really in their infancy in terms of growth and that sort of thing but (laughs) my favorite part of the dream was I don't know why I keep getting like lost I keep getting lost away from everyone and then trying to find my way back and like hoping my granddad was still there and somehow like going into a different room and and he was there and like finding him and again in the dream I would just be scared he wasn't going to talk back but he did like six or seven times it was just amazing I felt like we hung out all night (laughs) that the best was I think if I asked him if he knew about Dan because I've had little 
signs again that he just he loves him and that he approves and that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but the cutest thing was when I asked him if he knew about Dan, he started like dancing around and I was like, Granddad, like focus, like do you do you know about Dan? Do you like him? And then I realized that he was dancing around like how Dan dances around <laughs> like if we're at a wedding or a party or anything he's the life of the party and he always like <laughs> it's so disgusting but <laughs> he always like kind of wiggles his tongue when he dances like trying to be funny and my granddad was just like dancing around the room doing these little shimmies and like kind of wiggling his little tongue in the same way and I was just like oh and and Dan was in the room somehow and I was like Dan Dan come over look at this he knows you <laughs> oh but the other nice thing was I remember waking up a few times in the night because I'm a light sleeper and as I was trying to get her to sleep, I was just hoping that I'd go and have that dream again because I um I still I didn't want to lose the dream. I still wanted to go and hang out with my granddad. And each time when I fell back asleep, I'd I'd start dreaming and it would be the same setting, same house or grounds or wherever we were all walking around, just chatting with my granddad and stuff and I mean, I can just, I can't remember what was said, but I can just remember his smile. And um, I'm just glad in the dream I knew. Um, it wasn't like I'd gone back in time or anything and it was while he was still alive. It was just like how I am now. And I knew it was special at the time. So I just wanted to talk to him as much as possible when I got there. And I'm just so grateful. And I feel like, or I hope that he and I will come to a spot where I would just be able to see him on the day-to-day. Every time I do a little session, that's always at the back of my mind. Like, I'm always sitting there saying at the end, like, I don't think I'll be scared if, if you show yourself to me. Like, you can you can show yourself to me. And I think this is just his way of easing it in, but I'm so glad he's doing it because I just miss him so much. (laughs) And out of anyone I want to be able to see or talk to, like I want to to see him, I want to hear him, I want him to give me advice on what I'm doing. And I want him to tell me he's proud of me because he was the only one that ever used to. <laughs> oh, I guess I guess this is just I'm wondering now if spirits on on whichever side they're on or whichever realm they're on have some kind of control in how they come through to us because this is a rapid shift I mean we're in 2022 he's passed away in 2009 and I've had probably about 30 dreams maybe even 50 because I I miss him a lot and I think about him a lot and I always 
have little dreams and he doesn't talk back. But I wonder if there's something significant about me opening up to my abilities and, and, and trying to welcome them with a little bit of hesitancy <laughs> and him coming through stronger. It's like he's testing the waters maybe. Like like he just wants to he just wants to ease it in to make sure he still doesn't scare me. And yeah, I'm just so grateful. It just goes to show, you know, like, um, how hard it is grieving someone because you might, I mean, I'm so grateful. <laughs> I've said grateful about four times. I'm so grateful and lucky that he was able to come through to me in my dream last night and whether that's a figment of my imagination or not I'm grateful for it regardless because it felt like I was hanging out with him at the time but um it's not the same as having him here in my waking life and being able to see him I know last week when I was um trying to help someone they'd asked me if well basically I'd, I'd had someone come through to me that was a relative of a friend of my sister's and it was tough for me to see that this relative was hugging my sister's friend and she so much wanted to see it and feel it and she couldn't and this kind of feels like that but I wonder because when I've had little sessions before and I've invited anyone hanging around to come in and, and tell me whatever they want or need to tell me and I've had someone kind of put their hand on my knee or tug at my t-shirt and I've been able to feel that so I wonder if one day I wonder if one day I'll be able to see my granddad in front of me and I'll be able to hug him and I'll be able to feel the hug. <laughs> Funny thing is, whenever I did used to hug him goodbye, like I loved him so much, but he was a very, um, very quiet and sort of stoic, um, <laughs> person and so and very stiff <laughs> so I'd hug him and he'd and I'd like squeeze him and he'd sort of just put his arms around me like robotically and just pat pat my back like really hard <laughs> so it wasn't like I'd get this nice big cuddly hug it was a very rigid like I was hugging him and, and holding him tight and then he'd just be like like kind of <laughs> awkward about it and then he'd he'd give me a a kiss on the forehead and we'd we'd go I 
I don't feel like I described the dream very well. And I tried to record as soon as I woke up in the morning to remember it. But um, it is massive that he even spoke in this dream. And I think when I've said that I'm open to seeing him and that I wouldn't be scared in, in waking life and that sort of thing, I um, there's always a little bit of... of I must have, I feel like I'm repeating myself. There was always a little bit of hesitancy, yeah, that I might still be a little bit scared. So I think he's just really easing this in, or I hope he is. I hope it's not my imagination. But I, uh, only time will tell. As for me, I just hope I get more of those dreams. Man, it sucks losing people you love. Yeah, so you just heard about that experience I had dreaming about my granddad, seeing him again, and how monumental it was for me, for him to actually talk and for us to have a conversation. And I didn't put enough emphasis on it at the time, but him like kissing me on the forehead and kissing my sisters on the forehead before we'd leave their house after dinner or after they'd been over at our place that was classic granddad you know classic granddad <laughs> so I hope you can hear Daniel singing I'll be quiet hold on oh he stopped of course he did Normally I'm complaining about construction going on in the background, so it's quite nice to have a change of pace. But it reminded me of this experience that I actually haven't talked about. I've always said that my first time ever meeting someone psychic was when I went and saw that healer down in Taranaki, but I've been lying to you this whole time. There was someone else that I saw that was psychic, but I don't know if they actually told me they were psychic. But the experience I had around them was definitely a psychic experience for me. And her name is Nina Holman. I went to her because she's a traditional Chinese acupuncturist and energy healer. I I didn't really know what energy healing was, so I was just there for the needles, really. But the reason I went to her was, again, I wanted to fix my panic attacks from the anxiety I was experiencing in my second year of uni. So at this time of my life, I'm 19, I'm still not open enough to go and see that healer down in Taranaki. Like, my mind was closed to any kind of alternative healing. So acupuncture was the closest you're going to get me. Anyway, I go to Nina's place, my mum's parked outside, I don't really know what to expect, but we sit down and I just remember telling her pretty much like my life story, but I don't know if I ever told her about the psychic stuff I experienced. I may have said that I saw a few ghosts growing up, but I, I genuinely, I can't remember. 
And I feel like we were talking for about an hour and a half. And then she was like, okay, I'm going to do acupuncture now. I'm just going to work through the energy channels in your body and make sure there's no blockages and things like that. And I hadn't had acupuncture before and I was probably a bit nervous for it, but she had started and I think she actually started putting some needles like in my forehead and I didn't feel anything. So it was quite a relaxing experience and I remember like she was quite quiet and then she started at the top of my body and she worked her way down and she gets to my feet. So she's standing at the end of the, I want to say massage table bed, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Just the little bed I'm on. I'm facing like big windows, but they have the shutters closed. So they're like white shutters and you could see the light coming through them. And she's standing at my feet and she's just holding my feet and she starts telling me this personal story. And I remember just sitting there being like, she's been quiet this whole time. Why is she telling me something now? And then she puts the needle in my foot and I like jump on the bed. Like I have like this electric shock feeling and I screamed. I was like, ah, and she was like, yeah, I knew that one was going to hurt. And whatever blockage she was working towards there at my feet was for fear and I mean, it doesn't take anyone special to realize that, you know, I might have trouble with fear. I mean, I'm going for panic attacks and things like that. So yeah, at face value, it would seem that that was something quite obvious that I'd need, but um, it wasn't obvious to me. I didn't think I was afraid. I didn't think I lived a life of being scared, you know, but I look back now and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you were literally just a wrapped up ball of fear walking around with skin in here. <laughs> anyway, so she puts these needles in my body and I'm just lying there and she sits next to me and she just reads out a few passages and I'm just feeling really chill. Like I am happy. I am relaxed. It's almost like it felt like an overwhelming amount of endorphins and I just felt really, really kind of out of my body, but it wasn't like an out-of-body experience. I maybe felt like I was a bit floaty, if that makes sense, and I just wasn't really all there, you know? So she was sitting there and she was talking to me and I just wasn't really paying attention. I was just looking up at the corner of the room really like in front of these shutters in front of these blinds and out of nowhere I just see this color in the corner of the room up near the ceiling and it reminded me of when my granddad told me about this time where he had a near-death experience he was on the operating table he was like the cat with 29 lives, he was always sick. He always recovered, but he was always sick and he had all these things wrong with him. He had missing fingers and toes from getting gangrene. Yeah, he, he was a character and he loved to be awake in any operation he was having. He was very curious. He wanted to see what was going on. So I'm pretty sure like when they were chopping his fingers off, he was watching and 
I remember him telling me about this one time that he was on the operating table and he just remembers looking down on his body. He was looking down at his body and down at the operating table and all the doctors and surgeons and he was just watching what was going on and he just felt a lot of warmth and a lot of peace. And then he went back into his body and, and he woke up, but he was never afraid of dying. Like he'd always say, oh, you know, when I kick the bucket and I'd get really upset because I was very attached to him. And I'd say, no, no, granddad, don't say that. You're not going anywhere. And he'd be like, oh no, there's nothing to worry about. I've done it. And um, anyway, I was lying there and I, I saw this color up in the corner of the ceiling and that's what came to mind what came to mind was my granddad looking down at his body from the ceiling and I just got this feeling of warmth in my chest this feeling of love and I just said to Nina I said I think my granddad's here I just got chills and you know what she said to me she said, I just saw him walk around the table and kiss you on the forehead. That was actually the first time I ever saw an orb of colour. So that's why I do believe in those little colour orbs actually being energy. That was the first experience I'd ever had with my granddad. That wasn't a dream. That wasn't a leaf being dropped, you know, um, that you must have heard about from previous episodes, I'm sure. And so I remember, I think I was lying there for about 20 to 30 minutes maybe, and I remember just like knowing he was there and just having that comfort and it was really, really nice. And at some point I just remember just looking at the needle that was in the inside of my right elbow, kind of like if you were going to get blood work taken or something, and it was starting to hurt a little bit. Like it, it felt like someone was playing with it or like twisting it a little. And I kind of looked at it and I don't know if I said anything, but Nina said, oh yeah, sometimes the spirits do like to play with, <laughs> to play with the needles. And I just knew like it must have been my granddad walking over, just, you know, having a check, just twisting it around a little bit. Oh yeah. Okay. That's how it works. <laughs> mm. The funny thing is like the reason I wanted to share that experience is just because I mentioned in the dream, the kiss on the forehead. And I was like, people need to know how important the kiss on the forehead is for me. You know, like it's a big part of what I remember about him and what was the essence of my granddad, you know, that and his missing fingers and his love for the National Geographic. I'm so proud of myself because this is the first time I've talked about him and not cried. I was thinking about how I needed to talk about this on my way home from the supermarket a few minutes ago and I started crying thinking about it and I was like, oh God, where's this going to go? But I feel like that's progress. I'm, I'm proud. <sighs> anyway, 
thank you for sticking around through the roller coaster that was Lydia's emotions today. Yeah, I know it's very arrogant to talk about yourself in third person, but I'm sorry. I, I, it is something I do and it is a flaw. It's a character flaw, I know. <laughs> We're not all perfect, okay? <laughs> and I need to add it to the Instagram little content that I'll put up after this episode airs, but I was thinking about whether it sits right with me to share this little episode and I was out on a walk and I mean it is autumn it is fall so there are leaves falling everywhere but just in front of me in the path it was like there was this big wind gust and just like hundreds of leaves started falling down and swirling around and it felt like a very magical moment so I took a little video and I'll put that up on the insta tomorrow like I said I'll have a question box up on my instagram story tomorrow at psychic ish podcast for you to just share any thoughts theories questions from the episode rate Daniel singing out a 10 if you like and I'll share it with him <laughs> oh, no I can't say that <laughs> if you like the podcast you know the drill share it with someone that you think might enjoy it too that's it i've got nothing more to say <laughs> best of luck getting to sleep tonight i'll see you in two weeks Bye bye